I learned the power of loving my body. I learned how much I took my body for granted and how much more I wanted to love it. We've tied our femininity so much to our body, our shape, our size, our sexiness, a lot about how others see us. And it's so much more than that. It's about confidence, which is really self-love. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast, episode 13. My name is Robert Cottrell, and I am here, as always, with the amazing... Susan Cottrell. Oh, hi. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to I you. I know. We, are, we took a little break, and we are back, and we are glad you're back with us. We are going to have, um, going to do a very, very, very special episode um, here and Susan is going to share her heart, and I hope I don't have much to say in this because I need to just be quiet and listen and learn. But we're going to talk today about life without breasts, a discussion of femininity. Um, Susan, you were diagnosed in the summer of 2019 with breast cancer. Yes. And uh, they caught it early, but it was uh, aggressive. It yes. was fast-growing. Yeah, uh, but not aggressive, non-aggressive, but fast growing. Yeah, uh, but they caught it early. You made the choice to have a double mastectomy and yep. an oof, and an oophorectomy, which is having your ovaries out. Yes, in late 2019, and uh, you also decided not to have any reconstruction. Yes, and a lot of people have asked you about uh, about that, about what it means to lose your breasts, about. And your ovaries, and how that affects how you feel about yourself, in particular your femininity, and that's what sparked us to talk about this today. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's really important because a lot of women are facing this today. A lot of women, and so I just wanted to kind of bare my soul, so to speak, and share my experience because it was it was powerful. It was life changing, as yeah. they always say with a cancer journey. It's life changing. Um, but this was this was huge. So, and let me just say that I'm going to speak from my own experience. Obviously, I'm not pretending that I'm speaking comprehensively. All I have is my own experience. Um, but I hope that you can take it for what it's worth, and um, I'll share what I've gained. Now, when the diagnosis came, um, it was in July, and I had the surgery only a month later, which was really great. Yeah. Um, but. I had already given birth to my children, had already nursed them, and so I was not in the position of being someone who's 30, who's looking at those things in front of them and have to make a really life-altering decision. So I just want to state that out right now. If you are younger, you know, there's a whole nother dimension that I did not experience. So, in fact, we have a, um, a chosen daughter who is going to have the surgery next month. And she's in her late 20s. She's in her late 20s. And um, her biological sister has full-on cancer. And so um, our girl is getting hers, her breasts removed just prophylactically uh, and and feels excited and frightened, you know, yeah. by it. So my heart goes out to you for anybody in this position right now. I just want you to know it's it's not just an easy thing. It's a, it's a big thing. And it's not even that it's terrifying. It's just 
it's a big thing to think yeah. about. So why did you decide? I mean, why did you decide not to have reconstruction? Yeah. So um, first of all, I, I did decide to have them both removed. I I didn't want one and not the other. <laughs> the cancer was in one. It was in one. It was very small. They could have just removed it. But um, with my family history. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Well, You're- my mother died at 39 of breast cancer. And her mother died at 39 of breast cancer. Now, I have two older sisters that neither of them got it. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and I didn't get it till, you know, I was 60 when I got it. So uh, I feel like, I mean, that's more like the average age. So it wasn't the genetic marker yeah. that caused it. But I do have the BRCA2 gene, which means whatever. You, you can look it up. <laughs> that it's, it's the predisposition to get it. So, um, so, but I, so I decided to have them both removed and just be done with it. Cause I didn't want to come back down, come back in, in five years because it had come back. So I wanted to be done. Well, one thing that you also didn't want to, um, you know, we, you really were clear that you did not want to go through chemotherapy and things like that. So I think yes. you were very much interested in doing whatever you had to do to, to to be ahead of it to be ahead of that yes yes and very fortunately my indication um my situation did not indicate chemo or radiation uh so i didn't even have to make that decision that was i'm really grateful for that i know that's a very tough road if you are going through that oh i'm my heart goes out to you that's what i mean by that so um but I went ahead and, and had the surgery and I decided against reconstruction because it, I just, it didn't cross my mind that I wanted a, a rebuild of something that was not me. It didn't feel, and I, I, let me, maybe I'll say this a dozen times throughout, but this is a personal decision. Everybody's different. You may say, I absolutely want them. I won't feel like myself without them. You are empowered to do what you need to do. But I felt like the for me, I didn't want I didn't want reconstruction. And I happened to talk to a friend um, who had reconstruction. She did it maybe 10 years ago or something. Uh, and she said what they didn't tell her is that they don't feel like you. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, but she she just wasn't aware that they're going to they call them Franken boobs. <laughs> because I didn't say that. No, I said that actually, and the and the nurse said that. That's too after I after I brought it up to her that my friend had said they don't feel like her. Well, not. I think what I heard her say is that you don't have any sensation there. You have no feeling there. Yeah. Well. Okay. So it's two things. Okay. So it's like this alien thing. Like you're carrying around a little knapsack that's attached to you all the time that's weighted and they don't feel like you. That's now I may be overstating the case from what I've, you know, what my friend said, it may not feel that way for everybody. But for me, that just, it reconfirmed what I already intuitively knew, which is I didn't want reconstruction. Um, But she, yeah. Then they also said that you don't have sensation there because it's, again, it's alien. They've cut all your nerves. But I was surprised, actually, that I do have some sensation on my flat chest, not on, on Franken-boobs, but on my f- flat chest. I have some sensation, 
which I didn't really expect to have. It's not the same as the rest of me, but, um, and it, it actually is a sensual feeling. And that was surprising to me. Yeah. 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 Well, we talked, you know, we talked about this a little bit to some other people going through this from the partner standpoint, and we'll get to that in just a minute too, a bit more, but, but yeah, I think that we were, I just said to somebody yesterday that, that, um, yeah, we were surprised that that area, that the breasts are gone, but that area is still very sensitive and very sensual in a way to you, yeah. to the touch. Yeah. Somewhat sensitive and, and sensual. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like you're, you're touching me erotically when you touch me there, which is, you know, I didn't really expect would happen. Yeah. So, so how does this, and also how does this, I mean, we, we, the connection to femininity mm-hmm. and the definition of being feminine, what it means to be a woman, all these kind of trap phrases that I just hate um, and, you know, and are so loaded and so defined by society and the, and the view of others and or the opinion of others and all that. Did you feel somehow not not? whole or not complete did you worry about that in this i i actually didn't i'm not saying people don't people feel that way don't feel that way but i actually did not feel that way and you know i i kind of um it's kind of like if you lose a finger you're not one person minus a finger you're just you now obviously it's different with your breasts that's clear but I'm still whole and I always felt that way what it did was give me a profound appreciation for my body that I had really just kind of taken for granted before you know I just you know need you to do these things for me I need you to you know get up in the morning let's go come on (laughs) and and I discovered this tenderness for my body that I had really taken for granted. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I think it's really important to find your own peace and wholeness through this journey. I really did find peace with myself. And I was not even, you know, I didn't feel contemptuous toward my body. I didn't, that's not how I thought I was at all. But I had not appreciated it to the depth that I do now. And I love my body now. I love my body in a, I mean, I could be moved to tears just thinking about how much my body has done for me, has carried me through. Without it, I wouldn't have a place to live. (laughs) (laughs) And we take our bodies for granted so much. We look in the mirror and we say, oh, that belly. Oh, those hips. And it's awful. We speak to our body and our mind in ways that, we would never speak to a friend. And our body is our best friend. It's what allows us to live here. And the ovaries too, that was, somebody else said, wow, both, both parts, it, it felt like a real affront in her mind asking me, you know, she, she felt like it would be a real affront to her femininity to lose those parts. But I, I don't feel that way. I feel like I just... They did what they were supposed to do. My gosh, I have all these children with you. 
you know, that we have enjoyed all these years with. I got to nurse them, all those things. And I feel like this was a beautiful opening into finding out how much I really love me and how important it is to love me. Yeah. It's interesting because I, watching you go through this and, and that your journey as those who have followed your journey, uh, has been amazing. You're so strong in this, but yeah, you, you have, you have a, a better opinion of yourself and your body physically, a deeper love for yourself than you had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that like I touched on. And that, let me, let yeah, me be clear. Ahead. It's not because it looks like a, a supermodel body either. It doesn't, it's not because it looks like what, you know, magazines say it should look like. It's because it's my body. Yeah. Right, yeah. And right. I love, I love the size and shape of it. I love everything about it. You know, and, and I know we still, we always have those thoughts that go through our mind of this or that about it. But I really appreciate my body. That's right. In a way that I didn't before. And going through, even talking about this has made us um, even more aware of the message that we're getting from the culture, from how we're raised, from every ad on television and every fashion ad and every magazine cover that says, if you don't look like this, if you're not shaped like this, then you're not whatever. And that's just crap. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. It's just, it's just awful, you know? That's right. Because it, 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 I mean, their their perspective is to sell, and you don't buy as much when you're happy, when you're satisfied. You don't buy those things. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a vested interest in you not liking how you are. Well, going through this with you um, was a real blessing to me because we we just one of the things you did for me over the last couple of weeks is you have these these window crayons and you wrote mm-hmm. on my bathroom mirror. We have actually have two bathrooms and one is primarily mine. Not by, we wanted it that way because we just had that. Um, one is mine primarily and one is yours. And, and so in mine, you wrote these words of affirmation. I am magnificent. I am amazing. I am handsome. I mean, all true. Um, <laughs> all profoundly all true. All profoundly true. No, I am humble on there. So I guess I don't have to. No. Nope. I got that one down. Um, <laughs> but uh you know, and that it's just so important that and but going through this with you uh, made me gave me a a much deeper understanding of all those issues about body image mm. and and how much we 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 don't do a lot of self love and self acceptance and and so it was it was an it was a real honor and a blessing to be your partner well, through this. Thank you. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you that, and I I. I hesitate because not everybody has somebody in their corner. And so I don't want to cause anybody additional pain (laughs) by saying this, but when you have a partner to walk you through, it is all the difference, all the difference. And you were astounding. And your acceptance of me was just astounding. You never, ever made me feel in Mm -hmm. any way diminished by... These surgeries, that's just such a gift. So if you're a caregiver, 
I was going to say that. That's a gift. Well, I was going to say that too, that I know that we have couples listening to this. In fact, we have one couple that this is their date night. They listen to us. This is a podcast. (laughs) So uh, I hope the wine is good. Um, I don't know. So they said they have wine with it. You didn't didn't bring that up. I don't think. Oh, oh, I guess you didn't know that. But Um, they, uh, but we have couples listening to this. And so I know that. So I just want to say to the guys out there or the partners out the partners, there, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the partners out there that um, if you want to, to talk about my perspective in this and, and any counsel that I may have or advice or just sharing my heart with you on that, reach out to me. It's just robert at freedhearts.org. Reach out to me and I'd be happy to talk about that with you. Because uh, we did some fun things. We, had, we actually did a goodbye ritual. We did, we? <laughs> yes. And I got that idea from a friend who uh, went through top surgery as part of their the gender non-binary change. So that was interesting. But yes, we did a seminar. Yeah, ceremony. the night before. Yeah, the night yep. before. Yeah, yep. yeah. And it was it was really actually cool. We we thanked my breasts for all their you know presence and service and and all of the things all these years. And said we appreciate them and we're going to miss them. Yeah, and um, be—I'll be honest with you. We there are times when we still miss them. Yes, but yes. And I said this to someone recently, uh, a caregiver, a partner, um, about this issue that <laughs> you know, guys are like I feel like a junior high guy and boobs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and when you and when you take that away, so to speak, you discover like, oh wow, there's. There's the neck, and there's the side of the neck, and the back of the neck, and the shoulder, and all these all these things. It's like you know, so it's opened up a lot of things in that. Um, so it's made probably, you grow up. That's probably, <laughs> <laughs> okay. TMI. Um, uh, no, I was okay before. <laughs> you were fantastic. Um, but um, so anyway, it's it's. Um, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> okay. got you off your game. All right, let me let me get back. Yeah. To it. So, no. what if I do know that there is that? Um, again, you had mentioned that you may not have uh, a caregiver, a partner in this, and your partner may may we talk about when when a child comes out that sometimes the the mom and the dad respond at different times, different places in the journey. Yes. I think you had experience with someone. Yeah, yeah, this this gal that I know, a friend. Um, after her surgery, her husband would recoil from her and didn't want to touch her at, at all. And she later found out he has some other issues um, that needed to be addressed. So that was separate. Um, so it explained a lot for her. But imagine the pain that caused her. Um, and she told me she um, went to a news colony <laughs> for a while, several times a number of times until she could really get used to her body as it was post surgery and and come to love and value it and so you you can do whatever you need to do even without a partner to increase your self love for your body it deserves it you deserve it. Yeah, we were moved by, there's a lake by where we live. And we were there one day with Annie, our daughter, and their partner, Edward, just sitting on the grass. And something really interesting happened. This was almost right after the surgery or, or, yeah. or close to it. Yeah. Yeah. And this 
group came up. It was two females and two trans males. And the the two males took off their shirts. They had both, they were post-surgery. And you could see the scars, but... Um, there was such freedom. There was so that. much freedom and in joy, that. Yeah. And joy. And you could tell it. You could tell by looking that it hadn't been forever. They, you know, there's still some remnant of the recent scars, but they were so joyous to be out there topless as males. And I just loved that for them. Yeah. Well, you know? isn't it, is that, would you say that one of the, we talk about this I, in a, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. just, I wanted to say before you move on to another subject that one of the things, I made a joke when I spoke not too long after the surgery. And I said, I said, yeah, you know, I've, I've had my top surgery now. There's no link I won't go to, to relate to my community. And they really laughed. So um, yeah, it's funny. All right, um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I think one of the, and we've talked about this, but we, you talk about, oh, you need to love yourself. You need to love yourself. We need self-love. But sometimes or going through this kind of thing for you made that right right at the forefront. That's it was, right. It was you. It was very. It was your level of self love was was going to be clear. Yes. Um, by how you felt. Yeah, it would point yeah. out areas where I didn't exactly. I wasn't self loving. Yes, and I think it it's just a process for anybody, and I think I had done a lot of the process before. Um, of just, you know, I've grown in the area of self-love and self-talk and all of that. Um, but with the surgery, it was a a deepening where I really had to turn into, you know, turn inward and say how much I love me and let that deepen. Um, and, and, you know, as you said in the beginning, we, we have this tied to our, our shape and our size, it's tied to our sexiness, all of that. And it's a lot about how others see us. I didn't say this a minute ago, but I think it could be that that there there's a fair push, as I said, toward reconstruction. I did feel a little bit of a push. Um, I have no complaints from the caregivers or anything. It was an exceptional experience. But there's a little bit of a, a push that way. Uh, if I hadn't been so certain what I wanted, I might have been talked into it. And I wonder sometimes if it is for others, if it's for, so that I will be pleasing outwardly, so that I'll look more like I'm supposed to look or be more pleasing for you. Or, you know, I wonder if that is uh, behind that, if you, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, for me- So it takes I'll, a lot of self-determination yeah. at the beginning to say, no, I'm going to be happy with this. In fact, one more thing is I, I, have a little dip in my chest. I had something called pectum excavatus when I was little. Is that I, a Harry Potter? Uh, yes, it's a it's an inca- a spell, it's a spell. Sorry. Yeah, um, <laughs> pectum excavatus, and I had to have surgery to to help this dip in my chest, and it's still there, but it's much less than it was before surgery when I was twelve. A lot of information there, um, but there's still something of a dip. And one of the um, surgeons. caregivers, surgeons, I guess, said. You know, we can take some uh, part from elsewhere, some tissue from elsewhere, and fill that in, even without reconstruction, just to make it flatter, like so it's more normal looking, is what she was saying. And I said, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. It, it looks odd to others if they were to see it, but 
it's my chest and I'm really, I really want it the way it is. And it was really kind of interesting how, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, you, again, this, this, your commitment to yourself has always been to love you for who you are exactly as you are. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's the same message you give to others. Yes. Um, But it has to, it really has to start with you. And, and what you said, and again, this is your journey. This is our journey. Other people will make different decisions and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would, what my encouragement to you out there would be to, to press into the reasons. Because you said you you wondered about reconstruction. You wondered about, about how how I would feel about you. That I mean, I'll give you my opinion there. If that would change things to me, that would raise other issues that I need to deal with. Um, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, uh, and it would, and it, and you have to think about how you would view yourself in that. But, I would press into those issues uh, before you make a decision to have reconstruction or not to have reconstruction. There's just, just you know. Yes. You know what I'm yes. Saying? So understand why, in other words. Yeah. Like people who, it's not the same thing, but people who get plastic surgery and then they, they get another, you know, surgery, another, because it didn't do what they wanted because it's it's internal. And so just... I, I I guess we've stressed this a little bit now the the reconstruction or not because I want you to be well, a free agent you the listener to know what you're doing and do you want to do this and you have a choice to, and you perfectly fine to do the reconstruction if that's right. what you want to do well the yes but no but decide for yourself if that's really what you want right the discussion was about femininity yes and so what is it you know, settle kind of in your heart and deal with those issues about what does it mean to you to be feminine and, yes. to, and to your partner to be feminine. And and then you're going to talk, I think, in a minute, if yes. I remember, about about how men do this incredible, awful thing, <laughs> <laughs> one of a lot of awful things, about um, using whether or not we want to have sex with somebody to um, to to make them feel feminine or, you know what I mean? I had an extraordinary experience when I went to California and was visiting my daughter, Anna. And it was, I don't know, a few months after the surgery. I was all healed and everything. But Hannah did a chest massage for me. I'm telling you, it was so intimate and... Nurturing. Oh my gosh. I, I was in tears, you know? And it it was, we were out on the balcony. It was high up where nobody could see in a, on us, but on a massage table. And she was just massaging my chest. I was, I was weeping. It felt so intimate and so nurturing and so caring. So there's an interesting thing um, that when you become a certain age as a woman, you become invisible in the culture. It, what I mean by that, it was Meryl Streep, whom I absolutely love. By the I, way, shout out, Meryl. We know you're listening. Shout out. <laughs> Call us. Yeah. She talked once about women getting older, and she said, um, young men don't even see you. They don't even see you. And it's true. What relevance are you to them? Um, there's a, 
There's also a little story that I find very funny that I was on a ferry with Natalie in San Francisco, our middle daughter. And there was a young man looking at her, just looking at her, you know. And I said, that guy's really looking at you. She was married and everything. It wasn't like anything was going to happen. But, you know, and she kind of smiled. And I said, yeah, I, you know, when men look at me that way, the age... (laughs) of the man who looks at me <laughs> has gone steadily up as I've gotten older. It's just oh, funny. <laughs> but younger men, you know, they don't have any use for you. And and when you... That's so horrible. It's instead of the wisdom <laughs> that you might have. And I felt bad for trashing men, but that's horrible. <laughs> um, Accurate. Yeah. And, you know, Tina Fey and and Amy Poehler. Oh, by the way, Tina and Amy, we know you're listening. Thanks. <laughs> Shout out, call us too. Uh, they were talking about how women become invisible once they're no longer effable, is the word they use, when men no longer want to have sex with you. So that's, in other words, in a kind of patriarchal culture, that's where women are as an adjunct to men. And so um, that's where you have to stake your own claim. And I said a minute ago that this... Cancer came when I was 60. I'm 61 now. And, I, and so all of this self-confidence, all of this maturity, all of this wisdom, it took 61 years to get here. You know, it, it had to, I had to go through all the things. So if you're not in that place, it is a process. Let me just, I just want to be clear about that. But there comes a point where you just own it. You own your power. You own your gray hair. What better time than a pandemic to just let all the gray? We've seen a lot of people on TV now that have let their gray come out. Um, And I love that gray is a thing for younger women, by the way. I think it makes it cool. It takes the aginess out of it. But embrace those post-menopausal years. That's when your brain is more like a man's, which is, I mean, physically... And that's because the extra part that was added through your hormones, it's a whole scientific thing. The extra part that was added through your hormones to gear you toward nurturing your children, that came specifically with your hormones. And that goes away when the hormones go at menopause. And now you have as much nurturing ability as a man who is in touch with his nurturing ability. (laughs) And that's plenty. What are you saying? That's plenty. Yeah. If you don't, you know, if you don't have to hear a baby crying in the night anymore, then you've got plenty of hormones um, for that, for being feminine. But you're, you're coming into your golden wisdom at this age. I'm, I'm talking as if I'm talking to postmenopausal women or approaching menopause. But there's, what I'm saying is there's a lot to look forward to as a strong feminine woman your femininity is not tied up in your breasts and your ovaries or if you're effable your femininity is is part of the balance of this very masculine macho chase you know chase whatever try to climb to the top of the pile culture that we live in we need the femininity which is the balance and the caring and the nurturing and the the right brain, the all of that. The relationship, the empathy. relationship, yes. And so you you own that, and don't let culture 
and I mean male culture, put you on a shelf because you're past your prime. You are not past your prime. You are in your prime. You didn't fight your way to get all this wisdom for nothing. It's time to use it, girl. (laughs) It is time to use it. So why don't you wrap us up here? We're coming to the end of our time. So why don't you, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Yeah. And you, uh, and you wrap us up. All right. I'm going to say a couple more things about the, the aging. Uh, that you become a visible woman and you accept your aging body as it is. There's a, a word that used to have a great connotation to it. And that's the word crone. Also the word hag used to mean a woman of aged wisdom. Of course, what does it mean now? Somebody who looks like a witch is what it means now. Um, but we get to use this crone word as a word of respect to own it. So all of that is to say, whatever you choose for yourself is the right choice. Whatever you need to do for yourself is the right choice. You get to Um, If it's surgery, if it's reconstruction, if it's um, keeping your breasts and just having the cancer removed, whatever you need to do, you do. Going flat, whatever expresses your femininity is right for you. And if you want to email me to go ahead, I I don't know how many I can answer, but I'll answer all of them as possible. Yeah, that's Susan at freedhearts.org. Yeah, but um, you own it. You own who you are. There's nobody else here on this planet like you. And you get to be here to own all the space you take. Don't apologize for the space you take. Don't apologize for who you are. Don't apologizing for, for, apologize for being less than some ideal you think you should be because you are ideal exactly the way you are. We love you, you're beloved, and we are grateful for you. And we'll talk to you soon. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday so I call you up and you call me down? Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.org. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.